it's so good to be here. Uh, it's great to have the time to share with all of you a little bit of uh, the Word of God. Um, but before we do that, I have something very special to say. That next Sunday, which is the, the Vision Sunday, we will restart the refreshments for 9.30 service. Yeah, that's great. Great news. Um, we still have an opportunity for those who want to serve. There are still three places. If you want to help us with that, it would be wonderful. It would be great indeed. Okay, so today is the Thanksgiving Sunday, and um, the, 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 the message will be about learning to be thankful. Um, and I would like to start with the Thanksgiving stories, the Thanksgiving stories. Um, we, uh, um, some weeks ago, we opened up an opportunity for each one of you to uh, let us know if you had stories of Thanksgiving, especially for the last uh, year, so we could share with us, so we could all be thankful with you. And um, I must say, if you're here today and you're not feeling thankful for any particular reason, it's okay. Sometimes in life, we are in this place of not being, not feeling great, okay? But I would like to encourage you to be thankful for our brothers and sisters who have a story. Sometimes we cannot be thankful for us, or at least we feel we don't, but we can be thankful for others. And that's part of Christian character. We rejoice when others rejoice. Amen. And that's great. Okay, so um, some of these uh, wonderful uh, um, friends that uh, have given us their stories are from the 1115th service. So I'll read two or three of them, and then I'll have two in person here that are from our 930 service. So bear with me a little bit because I'm going to read uh, three stories. The first one is from Samantha. She says, I had a miracle. I have a big project. I've been working on that. Um, has a deadline quickly approaching. Last weekend, I woke up early to get as much work as possible done during the day. But upon turning on my laptop, my screen was black with a message across it that I had never seen before. Undoing changes made to your computer. 20 minutes passed and my laptop was still stuck on that. I was confused. What changes were made that were being undone? I had not seen any updates being made or downloaded any software. I turned off and restarted the laptop several times, but ended up in the same position, stuck on the same black page with the same words across the screen. I tried everything to go to safe troubleshooting mode, but nothing worked. I was a bit worried about losing all my work, especially as I had done a lot still really late night before, late night before. Uh, and my last backup of my project was made a couple of days prior to this. However, I still had peace and joy in the chaos of all that was happening. Well, that's only faith, isn't it? Okay, at some point, I felt like God was telling me 8.35. So at 8.35, things started changing. Then it stayed uh, in place again. I felt like I was being told, force shut down and restart at 8.37. I restarted at 8.37. And then I felt like I should press a particular key. 
which I had done before, then my finger shifted to the key beside that one, and then my finger shifted again to press both keys at the same time. Finally, the laptop went into troubleshooting mode I had, that I had spent close to an hour trying to get to. I tried uninstalling the last update, but I kept having difficulties. Then the laptop gave the option of resetting it, which could lead to a permanent loss of my files. I then felt led to just restart the laptop again instead of resetting or restoring it. The laptop restarted and everything was open on it like this laptop had not been restarted close to 20 times within an hour. Everything was intact and working perfectly. Yeah. Well, I, I almost lost my university work one day, and I know the, the drill, you know. It's really a blessing, okay? So the other one is, a, is Christian. Christian said that one day I received a letter from Halifax Mortgage notifying me that I don't have to pay off my secure loan of 22,000 pounds. They canceled my monthly payment and sent me a letter of settlement. That was just a miracle. On reflection, it was after the financial preaching series when I, um, when I recommitted myself to try and give to the Lord my full tithes. The conviction and revelation was trusting God with my money and becoming financial independent. Trusting God with my money was an indication and conviction to uh, give God back one-tenth of any financial blessing. I believe this is my miracle journey to financial independence. Philippians 4:19 says, But my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Isn't that wonderful? Yeah. Okay. And uh, the last one of the, the three red ones is from Camellia. A few months ago, two opportunities arose at my workplace for a managerial position, and I applied for both at different times. Being a very man-dominated environment, I had to fight harder. Unfortunately, I didn't get the job the first time or the second time. A third time, another opportunity arose, and I applied again. After a long debate and a few more uh, questions, I finally got the position I've been looking for. It was a very challenging situation, as I mentioned before, it, it is a man-dominated environment and it is very hard and challenging for a woman to become a manager to progress. I just wanted to thank God for seeing me through and I am glad I actually got the job this time as I've got a new department and with a bit less stress, I will say. So for anyone who's going through a similar situation at work or in life, I will say, stay put, be patient. Jesus knows best. God's time is the best time. Amen. Yeah. And I would like to call Naini. Um, can you put this one, please, Christian? One, two, one, two, one, two. One, two, one, two. No. Yeah. One, 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 two, one, two. No. One, two. Yeah. So I'll help you holding the microphone. Thank you. Go ahead. Okay. Hello. Um, my Thanksgiving story revolves around Trump Club. I attended it to address the thought that I'm a bit of a drifter. I thank God for a wonderfully dedicated and knowledgeable team who care about the concerns of those looking for work. For me personally, I came to a place of peace in recognizing now wasn't my time for a new job. In the process of summing up my work life to date, 
Any caring roles within the family I had dismissed as nothing important and no contribution at all to society. They did occupy my, me full-time for years of li my life and gave me fulfillment, though. I was encouraged to see my history in a much more positive light, and this has did my self-esteem no end. From the start, I learned the value of intentional planning. I would like to say that I've been transformed from drifter to super-efficient person, but sadly, no. A lot of things around me feel out of my control, but the few things I do count as my responsibility, I'm shaking, I feel I'm handling so much better since Job Club. I know I can always fall back on one thing, that was impressed upon me and Jim, my husband, too, many years ago. Our choice to give thanks to God for who he is and for his immense love for us all. Knowing Jesus cares enough to lay down his life for me and my family and the people I know and those I don't know is such a comfort to me. Earthly circumstances can overwhelm until I thank God for the very real and active kingdom realm where Jesus is king over all. Remembering the beauty of this makes my heart sing for joy every time. Thank you. Thank you, Naomi. <laughs> Wonderful. Wow. So is Joyce here? Joyce, come Joyce, please. Wow. I am really enjoying this time. <laughs> so this is Joyce. Please tell us your story. Okay, my story starts six years ago when I was diagnosed with breast cancer. It was a roller coaster in my life. My children were very little. I was a single mom. I didn't know where to start from. I remember going to Andy behind and they said to me, go and do the treatment. I will pray with you that the treatment works. And exactly what he said, I followed. And I went through all this series of chemotherapies, surgeries and everything. Me and my children made the part in my house, not to mention the word cancer at all. We don't mention it. If they're talking it in the television, we just switch off and we don't look at it. So I started with every six months checkup from the doctor. I'll go to the oncologist and like that. It's been going like that for six months. But every that time, when that particular time for the appointment comes, I'm always scared, shaking, pray, cry, ask questions, ask God, why me? So they move it to yearly. So by the grace of God, this year, April, I went there and they're like, Joyce, you don't need to come back here anymore. You've been discharged and you don't, we don't need to see you. you we haven't, we don't have got no consign of any kind. And I couldn't like speak about it to anyone. I haven't, I just told my close friends. So when this opportunity comes to thank God, I'm like, this is me. I have to testify this. I have never done things like this before. God has been so uh, good to me, but I don't tell anyone. I just like, oh, it's good, it's good. But I decided to come today to tell the whole world and the church that I am free. God has healed me completely and my healing is permanent in Jesus' name. Thank you. Thank you, John. Thank you. Wonderful. <laughs> Thank you, thank you. Wow, we could stop now and go home. Um, um, isn't that great that um, we feel better when we are close to joyful person, people? Yeah. But I would like for you to have a look in the screen below, oh, at the back. 
Um, next one. Yeah. Do you recognize these characters? Or at least one of them, depending on your age. <laughs> okay, what do they have in common? Grumpiness. Negative approach to life or to everything. Well, now it's a more personal question. Have you ever felt like them? Me too. The question is, would you like to be a more joyous and thankful person than you already is or are? Huh? Me too. So let's, let's read the Bible. <laughs> 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18 is the verse that we have for today. And it says, rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Let's admit, this is hard. It's in the Bible. But it is hard. Not to be thankful for some specific occasion, but to be always joyful. And to give thanks in all circumstances. It's not an easy task. It doesn't come easily. But it is still the will of God for me and for you. Why? And this is my first point. Why is it God's will? And Paul is specific. He's not generic saying it is God's will. No, it's God's will for you. He doesn't give room for misinterpretation. And I believe that the first reason it's because our habitual actions transform our character. Sometimes we think it's the other way around. Our character dictates how we behave. In one sense, once your character is formed, yes, it is a showcase, isn't it? You see a behavior and then, oh, such person is like this. But as your character is being formed, it is the, your habits, how you do things every day that will build up your character and even transform your character. That's why we see again and again in Scripture uh, the, 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 these imperatives saying, do this, do that, do this, do that. Because as the more you do things, the more you become like that. The more it is ingrained, the more it is rooted in the way you are, the way you think. So, this is the first thing that I, that I understand. And also, you know, it's part of the Jewish thought. They, they, don't, they don't have a lot of, of subjectivity in the way they think. You know, for example, if they, if they think about love, they don't think it as, as abstract. It is always connected with an action, 
with, with the way you show love, the way it is shown by you in your actions, in the same way other things. So therefore, if I want to be a joyful person, I have to learn how to rejoice often or always. If I want to be a prayerful person, I have to learn how to pray continuously. If I want to be a thankful person, I must learn how to be thankful in all circumstances. So before I proceed, it's important to make the distinction between being thankful in all circumstances and being thankful for all circumstances. Some people make a lot of confusion around it. Okay? God's not saying, oh, thank him because you lost your job. It's not what he's saying. He's saying that despite you have lost your job, you can be thankful in God because he holds your life. Because he knows the future. Actually, I like a lot a phrase that says that God is already in the future. He not only knows the future, he's already there. So, be thankful in all circumstances is different than be thankful for all circumstances. Another reason that I think God wants us to learn it, it's because God wants us to live by faith. God wants us to live by faith. Well, it, 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 it's quite subjective if I say only that, isn't it? But... I believe that in this, God is challenging us to trust Him, despite the circumstances. I can only rejoice in some circumstances if I trust that God is holding me through. Remember Psalm 23? It says... Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because you are with me. He doesn't say, God forbid I go through the valley of shadow. No, he says, he admits, life is life. Okay? Bad things happen to good people. Therefore, my faith is that even if I go through this, God will be with me. Remember Paul when he was on the boat, you know, there was that storm. And then all of them are, are scared and, 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 and Paul um, and, and, and Peter, sorry, not Paul, Peter. And Peter says, God, if, if that is you, call me and, and, and I'll go over the waters. And then Jesus said, come. I dare to say that if Jesus, say, Jesus didn't say anything, he wouldn't go. 
because his assurance was not in the fact that Jesus was walking on the water, but that Jesus' Jesus's word to him would hold him over the water. You see what, what, what I mean? So, life is life, full of hard times, but faith is that trust that we have in God. Now, I must say this because it's something that really concerns me. It gives me a, a, a bit of concern, which is uh, some people think that you come from a from a, a stage of no faith, but because you 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 are now uh, uh, attending church, now you're super strong. You have a super strong faith. That's not the case. Faith is a learning process. Okay, faith is a learning process. There is a time that the disciples, even though they had seen so many miracles, Jesus said, ye men of little faith. Now, can you imagine us in the light of the disciples? Okay? But what does that mean? That is a, is a learning, there is a learning curve. We must understand that's why the, the message says learning we are on this together. This is a journey. So, my second point is, how can we give thanks in all circumstances? First of all, acknowledging reality. I already said that. There is a balance between psalms of praise and psalms of lament. Scripture is, is there teaching us. Lament is a struggle of the heart, trying to understand reality with God's perspective. What, what do I say about lament? Those psalms that the psalmist struggles with God and says, God, why aren't you listening to my prayers? You're not hearing me. I am struggling here. It's so difficult. Have you been there? Praying this kind of prayer? When I was growing up, we were not, we were not allowed to to, to do such prayers. Because at the time, they, think, they thought it was offensive to God. But no. You must face reality. Scripture is full of examples of how we face reality. And though we struggle, we struggle. We struggle because we want to see things as God sees them. It's because we know there is a better way of handling the situations. It's because we know that we are weak, but God is strong. But, but how can his strength come to me? And that's the thing. Sometimes it's just a wait, a waiting time where God transforms our character. But not only that, not only acknowledging reality, but focusing on what has been given. What has God done for you? Jesus. In other words, acknowledge the circumstances, but don't allow them to dictate how you're going to live your life. Because God is above all, thing, all things, and He knows all things. So I have two advices on how to focus on what is given to you. Remember what you have in Christ, and for that, 
you must go back to Scripture, memorize, pray, sing. Isn't that great when today we were doing that, okay, during worship? When we say, I've been redeemed, I've been saved, you have rescued me. We are remembering what he did for us. Oh, how we need remembering. In, in, in the, the story of, of Exodus, when God gives the, the commandments to the, the people of Israel, he says to them, write this on the doors. Teach your, your children when they are walking, when, when they are sitting down, when they are having lunch, when they, they are eating, when they are doing all the time. Remind them. Tell them the story. So, the second advice is celebrate your story with God. You know, in the Jewish tradition, there are three festivities. The, the Easter, Pentecost, and Tabernacles. Those were three times a year that every Israelite had to come to Jerusalem to, to party. You know, to party. But that party had a meaning. It was to remember what God was doing for them and celebrate what was God would do, was, was doing. The first one was Easter because celebrating deliverance. Celebrate that they used to be slaves, but they are not anymore. They are free. God freed them. Pentecost had to do with the, the, the harvest when they would bring part of what the, the, the land has produced and offer to God and celebrate prosperity. And the third one was remembering the time that they lived in the tents in the desert, but God provided for them. Isn't that wonderful? And, and every time that they went to that festivity, they would tell that to the kids. They would teach them about the story. I don't know about you, but sometimes it's so easy, easy to forget. So I encourage you, tell your story. And I would like to thank you, the brave Men and women that share the stories with us today because we could celebrate with them. I don't know about you, but I got really, really, you know, thankful for, for what God is doing in their lives, you know? And, and, and that's so wonderful. So I encourage you, make a record. Tell your story again and again and again. Give thanks to God. And that's why we have Thanksgiving Sunday. We want to be thankful to God. And now, I would encourage you to think about one thing, one thing in this last year that you are thankful for, to God. One thing. Do you have it? One thing? If, it's, if, if you can't recall last year, you can go back a little bit more, but... One thing that you are thankful for. Now, can you tell it to the person next to you? Well, I'm just practicing what I said. Okay? Tell your story. Celebrate your story. You can say, well, only one. It will take you a minute or two.
That's great. If you didn't have time to do it, to tell the whole story, you can do it afterwards, after our service finishes. It's a good excuse to keep on, you know, uh, socializing and talking. And uh, um, I would like to finish my talk with Scripture. In, um, um, in 2 Corinthians 4, verses 6 to 18, please follow me. This is exactly what we're talking about. Uh, Paul gives us a little bit more of encouragement here. He says, for God who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. For we who are alive are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that his life may also be revealed in our mortal body. So then, death is at work in us, but life is at work in you. It is written, I believed, therefore I have spoken. Since we have the same spirit of faith, we also believe and therefore we speak. Because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus and present us with you to himself. All this is for your benefit so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what, we, what is sin, but what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Amen. Have some encouragement.